not a lot of us know what we want. And that's just because we haven't been given the permission to really step into what it is we want. We live based on someone else's dreams, desires, expectations, not our own. And that is actually what's really draining your finances. Okay, mic drop. Okay, I need to write that down. Yeah. That is amazing. So let's go back to that then. Let's just keep digging into this belief. So our finances are being drained. What's up, ladies? Welcome back to the Just Realized podcast. So excited for today. So today I have a really, really fun episode for you. And it's a topic that I talk about a lot, but one that I have real no expertise in, just one that I really have a lot of work to do in, but I've never had a guest on. And we are diving into all things money today with my friend Chiyama. She is the mindful bookkeeper, the lifestyle accountant, the intuitive financial coach, and the cash flow warrior. I love this girl. We met through a mutual podcasting friend, and I just love the way she thinks about money and the way she shows up. She reminds me a lot of myself is in this space where we both are teaching women how to take advantage of something that we use on a daily daily basis, but throwing all the mindset work that we have done as individuals at it to really come at it from a brand new, fresh angle. And I think that's why I really, really love her approach to money because it reminds me a lot of myself and my approach with style. But our conversation is so, so good. And I really love this idea of loving up on your money instead of just loving money and creating space for it and like creating a home for it so it has a place to come when it comes to you. So we go real into deep about how managing money can be spiritual, how it can be self-care. We talk about tips and tricks. She shares her favorite books with me. You know, I love my books. We talk about unlearning and our childhood and how that plays into money and those memories that come up for us. And it's just a really, really, really good conversation. And I hope you guys enjoy it. But before we hop into the episode, I wanted to remind you that I do have my new site scavenger hunt still going on the giveaway. Um, It launched last week on Insta. So if you haven't um, seen it, go check out the scavenger hunt post. If you can't find the details on how to enter, just DM me and I will share it with you. But essentially, it's a scavenger hunt to celebrate my new website. You have to go dig around a little bit and find some answers and download my new cycle syncing guide all about style and how to sync it to your style and sync your style to how you want to feel throughout the month. It's an 18-page guide that I put together One of those things where I was meditating, and I hate when people say this, (laughs) I was meditating and it just came to me. And the next thing you know, I have an 18-page guide when I have had so much resistance to creating something since I think January is when it first came up for me, and it's taken me, what, it's June, so six months. I just never stopped pushing and never stopped moving forward, and then all of a sudden, it just came to me. And 
it just reminds me of every other thing that we go through, no matter what it is, whether it's style, whether it's money, whether it's parenting, whether it's inner child work, mindset work, self-care, relaxing, whatever that is for us. We all have the things to work on, but the way we approach it, I'm learning is super similar. And it's usually just by making a couple of really small tweaks. So go check out that website. Enter into the giveaway. The giveaway is for one of the offers I'm running right now on the Sync Your Style offer intro to get you started loving your body with the best body guide silhouette, a consult with me, and unlimited Voxer support for 30 days where we can just go back and forth and you can ask me any question you want. You can send me pics, whatever feels good to you. You can say, hey, I've had this dress. I don't know how to wear it. I have Father's Day coming up. I have a graduation coming up. I have summer vacation coming up, whatever that looks like for you. And we can work on that together. So enter that giveaway to win. And you might be the lucky winner. I'm actually going to do two winners, I think. And hell, by the time Friday comes, I might do three. Who knows? But go check it out. Enter to win. Make sure you download the guide. All the details on how to enter will be in Insta and post and things like that. And I will post them on the website too with this podcast episode so you can find them easily and check out this episode. I think you will love it. Chiama is so interesting to me. I just love the way she thinks and the, her approach to money. And one day I'm manifesting that she will be my financial coach and accountant as has been business continues to grow and thrive. And I'm really looking forward to introducing introducing her to you guys. So check her out. She's great. I think we're also going to go live this Wednesday to catch up to see and talk about all the things that have transpired since we've recorded this episode a couple weeks ago. And so you guys can get to know her even more, but check it out and enjoy. And I will see you on the other side. All right, guys, welcome back to the show. I am super, super, super excited for today's episode and for today's guest. If you guys have been following along, you know I have been talking a lot about money mindset and how it has just opened up so many areas of my life. So today, that's what we're going to talk about. And I have a very special guest for you. One of my new internet friends (laughs) is like we like to call them, Um, Chiyama. I'm calling her Chi Chi. She said I could. I think it's a fun name, but she is the mindful bookkeeper. So the lifestyle accountant, intuitive financial coach, coach, and cash flow warrior. I am so excited to have this conversation with you today. I'm excited to be here. And I love that you call me Chi Chi. I it's think it's fun. just We're fun. Yes, <laughs> it's so fun. When you had said that on one of your posts, I was like, oh, I hope she knows I am running with Chi Chi. Like that's Please it. Do. It's just, it's so fun. And it's got that fun energy. It's like the dancing lady emoji. It's like, I can yes. just feel it. <laughs> yes, yes. I love it. Money should be fun. So let's do this. Money, style. I love it. Let's do this. Yes. I love <laughs> you now for saying that. <laughs> More than I already did. So... The mindful bookkeeper. I love it. I love your take on money. I love the way you connect it. So before we jump in, give us a little bit of intro to you and kind of how you got here. So I always grew up as Chi Chi. (laughs) Chiyama became formal and stuffy and now I like Chiyama too, but Chi Chi is who I really am. So thank you for that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) 
I actually never intended to be an accountant. So I'm an accountant, uh, trained one and I'll do my little humble brag. So I'll just say, uh, master's degree in accounting, have an MBA, um, work for those companies. And I have to say all that because it doesn't mean that I was very good with money. So I knew how to do my job. Well, I guess enough to run an accounting department, but (laughs) (laughs) I, um, very much lived from paycheck to paycheck, occasionally overdrew my bank accounts, was definitely afraid to contribute to my 401k because I never thought I had any money. And um, eventually that went from paycheck to paycheck to broke. I do have to throw in a style thing though. This is why I'm very excited to be here. Yes. I never. You're the first person I'm actually sharing this with. I have to credit my job success, my job promotions, and a lot of compliments I got because I mirrored Michelle Obama's style. And I'm a Midwest girl. I'm from Ohio. <laughs> we had our chat about what they, what you know, the dress isn't exactly fashionable. And here I am uh, at the time living in New York City, uh, one of the fashion capital pa- capitals of the world. And I said, you know what? I got to get together. That, and of course, some, someone suggested it to me too. <laughs> We're like, hey. a little Midwest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where you live? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> so um, at the time, there's a magazine called Lucky Magazine. Um, and you're nodding, so you know that magazine. I loved that magazine because it had a section that had like five outfits. Like it would be a shirt, a pant, and shoes, and some earrings. And you can create five outfits from it. And I started to do that. And then of course I saw Michelle Obama and, but I'm always, but I'm broke in my mind, I'm broke. So mm-hmm. I did this thing for the longest time called the looks for less in my mind. I kind of created like a style portfolio. And so what got me through feeling broke and frumpy was actually dressing, looking expensive, <laughs> but I didn't buy expensive things. And I believe that's actually why I got called for a lot of jobs at the time and eventually got to run an accounting department because I channeled this image of just looking powerful, looking successful, looking competent. Um, And I was in my job, just not my personal life, but that's okay. (laughs) I am swooning right now. (laughs) I'm making all the facial expressions. I know no one can see me, but I'm like, ah, I'm trying to freak out. And not be that annoying podcast host that's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, but I'm just doing it <laughs> silently. <laughs> I There's some love... great facial expressions too. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I can't even talk because your facial expressions are throwing me off. <laughs> I love that so, 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 so much. Of course, like Michelle Obama's magic, especially, <laughs> and always, and her style is impeccable as well. But I think that that's so amazing. And I have found... And this is probably one of the first ways that you and I even started to connect is I feel like there's a lot of connections between money and style. And they're two really, really big, big energies that we have access to every single day that as a society, we have just shit on them and said that they're evil. Like if you want to look good and you want to follow fashion and do this, then you only care about your outward appearance. And we have totally let go of like the inner inner things that we can really gain from dressing how we want to dress and feeling how we want to feel. And then the same with money. Yes, yes, yes. I love that. 
Well, thank you for kicking off with that story. So I'm going to try to put some of my style questions to the side for a few minutes because <laughs> I really want to talk about money. So I want to tell you the first time. So I met you through one of our mutual friends, Chelsea, and I think she was working with you at the time and she was um, promoting you on her Instagram. And I went and like watched your videos. I can't remember, but my very first video of you was, and I'm sure you get this all the time, but this is my first memory. So I'm sharing it was why your coffee is not making you broke. And I was like, I love this girl. Like, I love that whole energy. So yes, I want to talk about why your coffee is not making you broke. But I, my question to you is, do you drink coffee? And what's your favorite kind of coffee? Well, I do drink coffee. I actually <laughs> have a big cup of coffee right in front of me as we speak. Okay, and, um, <laughs> so I have two. I have these bourbon barrel aged coffee beans. I have my favorite coffee shop down the street. It smells sweet and oh. smooth like maple. Um, just to let you all know, I am a whiskey lady. So mm. I have a passion for them. I know some people say it tastes like gasoline, especially those from Scotland. I happen to taste the orange and the peat and the ginger and some chocolate and spice notes. So um, so yes, my favorite coffee, it's black, um, it's barrel aged, and this one is in maple barrel. So I definitely taste that. And I have that just black during the week, Monday through Friday on Saturdays and Sundays, I have an Americano. So, nice. so I love that. And that does sound like a fancy coffee. That some <laughs> people might not want to splurge on and you are a woman after my heart right now. You're talking about style and whiskey mm -hmm. like that's my <laughs> go-to um I had the most amazing Manhattan this weekend and we went out <laughs> to celebrate our little meetiversary or whatever the weekend that we met and that was my special treat and it was amazing so now I want you to talk to me about why that coffee isn't making you broke and you were touching on this a little bit about you know going to college, getting your MBA. I believe you worked at one of the big four accounting firms and like doing all the things, but not being able to keep up with your finances or whatever that looked like for you. So when you tell someone that it's not your coffee that's making you broke, what does that mean? And how are you getting people to like shift their mindsets a little bit? That might be two questions, but I trust that you got it. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Well, thank you. <laughs> So, oh man, there's, okay, I'm going to start small here, small-ish, because there's a bigger expansion that I just came upon as well. In terms of coffee, I would like to think people like to see in order to believe. It is so ingrained in us right now, it doesn't matter how much money you earn, that the coffee is always the thing, because for the longest time, um, perhaps, I think that maybe might have been a slight contributing factor, right? But the thing is, when you're focused on only on cutting coffees, the person is ignoring all the other things that are truly leaking their finances, mm. like the late fees or paying for things that you aren't using anymore, um, paying for things because someone suggested that you buy that thing, whatever it is, but it's not really aligned with you. Um, not earning, not bringing money in, right? Because someone else says, so it's always what someone else is saying. So going back to seeing is believing. 
I tell them what I just said. And then I show them, I said, okay, this is all the coffee you've purchased. I'm looking at their finances. And how much do you see? Typically it's the usual. I cut $200 out of my, out of my savings. We see that on blogs. Okay. I've seen that a lot. And sadly I'm like, that's it. Cause I know it adds up to be a lot, <laughs> but that's not enough for one to overdraw their bank accounts typically. So I show them that. And then I point to all the other things because at that point, the person has opened up to me saying what they do want, what they don't want, what they, the hopes and dreams. And I point to all the things that they're spending their money on that they don't want. I point to the late fees and I add that up for them. And it's often three, four, five times more than the coffee. Mm, that's so, so good. Yeah. So once they see that, they connect my words. And I'm not the only one saying this anymore. <laughs> um, I never was the only one saying it, actually. There was another, I'm sure some, maybe some of you have heard of Ramit Sethi. Um, I don't think so. He's another, a, a he's another person that talks about finance. So I love that. See, we all have our person, but he's another person, we'll just say. And um, yeah, it's really that I think coffee gets a bad rap. So now let me go to the, the backwards. Let's, let's take a little bit expanded here. We live in a time where coffee is just here to stay, mm -hmm. right? The people giving that advice, maybe there wasn't a coffee shop available. And that type of household available was maybe traditional, like man goes to work, woman stays at home to cook the meals for him and the kids. So never had to spend money going out to dinners, never really had to spend money buying coffee. I mean, we, that type of lifestyle didn't really exist when that traditional advice or suggestion, coffee is a frivolous expense, when that came out, took root. So something of the past is now present today, but our life is different now. And so we need to update our beliefs. I believe in time, saying coffee is a frivolous expense will shift because we're not going to start taking a look at how we live today and understand that coffee perhaps is helping us. I'm just saying as an example, just the ability to go out and have someone make coffee on the way as they're dropping off kids, as, they're, as people are returning to work, it's giving time back into our lives so that we can be more productive and actually bring more income, more money in. So we have the opportunity to do more. So you just said so many good things. And this is what I love about bringing on people to the podcast because you just learn so much and you get to hear it from so many different ways. And you said that you get to update your beliefs. I think that that is really, really, really powerful because a lot of where I feel like the coffee stuff comes from is just like that lack mentality of living in fear. And I completely forgot about this, but hearing you talk, when I lost my job over the summer, not a secret, right? Everyone knows I got laid off over the summer. The first thing I did was I went to my budget and I canceled every subscription that was for just me. So like my book of the month or uh, my moon journals that I get um, every other week or whatever. And there was one other thing. I can't remember what it was. And I canceled all of those. Okay. You're talking one of these subscriptions is $12.99 a month. The other one was like $12.99 a month. And those two things though, bring me so much joy. And without those two things, I would have never even gotten to where I was to even know what I wanted my business to be. And I did it out of complete fear because I had old beliefs. And then as soon as I started to work through those beliefs, I was like, 
oh, I'm starting those subscriptions again because I don't feel good. So is that mm-hmm. kind of what you're trying to get people to look at? Is like, but then if I feel good, I can generate income and I can have a healthier relationship with my money. Yeah, yeah. So like what you did is not bad. It's not wrong. Like you, I love how you, you did the, the things, you know, Same. you knew that it was temporary, right? And, and then you, you start to go through your process and realize like the few things, the things I cut, okay, you know what? These were actually helping me, not hurting me. So I love that. You actually did. That's what we should do. So it's not wrong to cut out coffees. If, if you're seeing the big picture and coffee is kind of slowing you down as an example or dinners or whatever, then maybe just reduce them for a little bit. But the, the more important thing is you have to do, to me, it's ultimately people don't know, not, not a lot of us know what we want. And that's just because we haven't been given the permission to really step into what it is we want. We live based on someone else's dreams, desires, expectations, not our own. And that is actually what's really draining your finances. Okay, mic drop. Okay, I need to write that down. Yeah. That is amazing. So let's go back to that then. Let's just keep digging into this belief. So our finances are being drained, if I'm hearing you correctly, because of the expectations, the beliefs, all the things that people outside of ourselves Mm -hmm. have told us all our lives, kind of like you've picked this up along the way. So what I'm hearing you say is now this is where I get to step in and have the opportunity to update my beliefs. And then that's what's really hurting my finances. How do I do that? Gigi, help me. (laughs) So it's, you know, we could start with one. Really, I love, this is where journaling or if you're not a journaler, dream, vision boarding, all of it starts to take hold. Ask yourself, what do I want? And that's a hard question to answer if you've never, if you're always used to doing things for everyone else or putting on the mask, because we all put on masks. I still have a mask on. I'm I'm taking a lot of them off. (laughs) Yeah. But... (laughs) But it's really like, what is it that I want? That's the most important question. And answering it is, can be scary because you start to hear the people that make fun of you. I'm going to say this. If anyone's making fun of you, they, they, they need to work on themselves because they're probably bored. <laughs> Any, anyone that's working on themselves or doing important things, doing anything, they don't have time to make fun of you. It took some time for me to get there. But the people that make fun of you, that comment, um, they're miserable. <laughs> Sorry, they're broke. Um, <laughs> they have no style. <laughs> Amen. Um, they're hanging on by a thread. And so the only way that they can try and like, it's, it's the whole concept of misery loves company. They're miserable. Mm-hmm. And they don't need to pull you down. So, um, but you have to go through your own experience of understanding that for yourself so yeah it's scary to say this is what I want but start small right so pick one thing that you can pursue that okay if you want to hide from people hide from people right but what's one thing that's personal to you you mentioned the subscriptions the 1299 uh journals um okay get that one right and then it's like because this is a practice you're practicing getting what you want Mm -hmm. then as you keep that one becomes two and that two becomes four. And now you're in the practice of doing for you. You're understanding that you're not greedy. You're not a terrible person. 
oh my gosh, people aren't really making fun of me. Some people are actually saying, oh, wow, you look good. What's different? What's changed? You're getting encouragement. And, and it's just, it starts to, the whole thing starts to take care of itself. But start, right? Think about what you want and start with that one thing, that one thing. That's so powerful. I feel like, and you and I talked about this a little bit in the beginning um, before the podcast started. And this was my biggest question to myself is that like, what do you want? Before I had ever sat down and thought about it. I remember the first time I hit rock bottom and I hired a coach and they're like, what do you want? And I was like, I don't want, I'm paying you to tell me what I want. (laughs) And that was the hardest reality for me. It's like, I had to get clear on what I wanted. She's like, no, I'm just here to hold you accountable to get you to this space where you know what you want. Mm-hmm. So kind of what I'm hearing out of this, and I'd love to just dig in a little bit deeper on like updating our beliefs. But what I was saying before is like, to me, money is energy. And I, I, and everyone listens to the podcast knows I like to go into all the spiritual stuff. I believe that it's a vibration and it's a vibrational universe. And I'm always trying to like show up and match that. And every time I match that, then things follow that kind of like what you were saying of like, you were like, okay, I'm going to show up and I'm going to embody the best Michelle Obama energy that I can embody with these looks that I have. And then you started to just like up level your energy and then the jobs and opportunities and different things like that came to you. Do you, I'd love to just like talk about your beliefs, speaking of beliefs, Mm -hmm. beliefs about around money and like energy. And like, if you start working with someone who maybe hasn't really experienced this, or maybe they've just really learned from their parents, like money is money and it is what it is. They've just never really correlated the amount of the power of the energy behind money or paying attention to money. Cause I think the other thing people do with money is they're just like, I'm just going to ignore it and it's going to go away. And that's another part of the big energy that you're building in the wrong direction. So when you start working with someone and you're trying and you're getting them to that place, like where do you usually start if someone's like, huh, no, I just don't have any money <laughs> period. <laughs> it's not about spiritual. It's not about energy. It's not about any of that. How do you start with someone like that? So, um, several ways to start. I look, so starting with the common one, I just don't have any money. And, um, I recently did a chat about how the person that's declaring that we got to listen. We have to listen because for them to declare that, that is so, so bold. It's brave. You are take all the masks are off. It's cards on the table. I don't have any money. So a follow-up question is, let's, why? And they might be like, I, I just, just cause, and I'm just, tell me more. So I'm trying to get them to talk, to understand what's behind that, which is technically, well, you know, I can hear people saying, oh, well, that's a mindset block. Well, of course it is. But we need to understand why they're blocked, what's going on, and they will reveal it. And so that's where we need to, they need to be heard at that point in mm. time. And that's probably... That's probably all they need. They just need to be heard because no one else hears them. They're busy trying to act brave and bold and whatnot. And, and in, in their life outside of our sessions, and then they come and they just let the emotions flow instead of stuffing it down. And that starts to now help them understand like, oh, I have plenty of opportunities. There's plenty of ways money can come to me. Oh, I have a lot of money but they have to start that process of just letting that go. So that's number one. Another thing that, that I think is more fun 
<laughs> that I do for people um, is I have three things. One of that, the third, the third one you'll like, you'll like a lot. <laughs> Good, <laughs> can't <laughs> <laughs> I tell people to go outside and start looking for money. People drop money everywhere. We drop money. You'll find coins. You'll find, if you're in the U.S. dollars or pounds or pesos, you'll find $100 bills. The point is, is to start training yourself to look for the opportunity. If you want money, money, just know that money is everywhere, right? So you, they, they always find money. Always. I love that. I love that. And after you tell me number three, I have a funny story about a hundred dollar (laughs) bill. So number three, part of the, I don't have enough money. You mentioned that there's a fear behind it. Um, There's many ways to feel good, right? What can you do to feel good about yourself so that that feel good can shift into your finances? Here's one that I'd love to say that you'll like. Ready? style. Yeah. That's up my friends. I totally agree. A thousand percent. Yes. So go into that more. Go ahead and break that down. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So like often if we're not feeling good, I'll speak for myself. Sometimes we don't, I don't try. (laughs) (laughs) I'll find a stained stained sweatshirt, you know, some, I have a dog, so I'll have my yoga tights that have dog fur, like just caked into it. And I'll just walk around and I'm just, and then I have to realize like, what am I doing? Like, come on, girl, we got to do better than this. So I take off the dog fur caked on (laughs) whatever. I put the sweatshirt that has stains on it in the wash and I put on some clean clothes and I actually, it's like my outfit of the day. I'll pick something that excites me. And just the process of doing that shifts my mood. It makes me happy. It, it just, it's like, it's helping me shift internally. Like I'm going from feeling not so great to like, all right, I got this. I can do this. And that will absolutely translate into your finances, right? You show up for you, you show up for your money. Okay. You are speaking my love language, <laughs> my love language. That's what style has always been for me but I didn't even realize like that's how I was using it until like people started reaching out and asking me to help them do stuff. And I was like, Oh, Oh yeah, that's right. You know, like I think you even posted something the other day about like your gifts are the things that are so easy to you that you don't even realize them because you think everybody does it. And when I started to realize that women were not using that tool that you just explained to feel good, to make money, to attract opportunities, to even just, feel like an ounce better than they felt, no matter if they're leaving the house or not. I was like, oh my God, there's so much here for you. And, and that's one of my big thing. One of the big things I tell, and I've seen this with my clients is their businesses instantly get better. They have more engagement on Instagram. They landed that client. They, whatever it is for them. I mean, even it's as simple as the relationship with their kids are better because they feel better about themselves. And I love that. Thank you so much. You're my new favorite person. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. God, I love that so much. I feel like there's a lot of unpacking there for that. 
and for money. And I really want to go back a little bit to that, like unlearning. So someone comes to you and they say, say that I I just don't have any money. And you said, you got to listen to them, Mm -hmm. which I think is great because I think at the end of the day, we all want to just be heard by anybody really. Sometimes it's ourself, but it's easier to say it to other people. When someone comes to you and you hear them, um, and I'm going to speak for my own self now, but I'm sure that a lot of people can relate to this. So if I came to you and I said that, which I might one day in the future, (laughs) for me, it comes from a place of my uh, fear of poverty, right? I grew up poor and I just finished reading Think and Grow Rich, which I know you've recommended before on different things. And that's one of like the big fears when someone shows up to you in that space and they're driven by this fear of poverty of like never going back and they feel like they're going to lose it. Cause I just have like serious memories of like growing up poor in different situations. I can remember, like I could tell you where I was and what I was wearing based on these money quote unquote traumas. When someone's trying to unlearn something like that, I think journaling is a fantastic way uh, to get into it, but what are some other things that you do or what's your approach with that? Cause I feel like that's a really a big piece of uh, who you are and what you do. Yeah. I um Great question. There's, there's so many things. I, I feel like I've said that a lot today. There's so many things, but um, three things come to mind actually. Um, two are more active. And I would, I would ask the question of, what makes a person feel make okay let's say you're you, you did say that to me right so what makes you feel rich and oftentimes i'm going to say this a person will say i don't know i feel you know i don't have any money so i would uh, more questions back and forth how much money would you like to make and then it will be why do you want to make that money and they'll start going into uh, a description as to like how it makes them feel and so want to hang on to that feeling and I'm like okay let's find ways for you to feel that way today mm-hmm. so bringing back style right you can find you can pick up put put on a nice outfit actually I love what you said before we started recording about how um style it doesn't have to be restrictive so I know sometimes the stereotype is like you have to put some like band-aid dress on and like mm-hmm. Spanks and and all that <laughs> and your like, heels and your heels and I'm like no it doesn't have to be you don't have to feel restrained and restricted and hide part parts of yourself you don't want to hide you want to feel good mm-hmm. so big difference so put something on that helps you feel rich mm-hmm. or maybe it's a perfume or maybe it's putting on makeup right so it's really getting to associate connecting the feelings. That a person wants to have like and their belief because it is a belief that will soon become the reality the belief that a certain amount of money will help them feel that way will help solve some problems so that's that's an option um another option is practice being in abundance and overflow um the average u.s family but i also saw this for australia and canada but average U.S. family doesn't even have up to $1,000 saved. And a lot of people belittle savings. Um, that can be a discussion in itself. <laughs> yeah. But to me, I look at having money set aside as more of like, you have a right to prosper. You have a right to be abundant, to have overflow. You feel secure. You know, it's just, that's the key. 
That's my word. That's what I was going to ask you. I was like, can we do a free little mini coaching session? <laughs> For me, the feeling is secure. Cause I think when you grow up without money, everything feels like it's a constant struggle. And it, you, for me, it was like a feel of lack of security. Yeah. Um, I never physically experienced like a real lack of security. There was just like, okay, it was all, we were definitely um, paycheck to paycheck, but, and, and we weren't like complete poverty stricken, but like my parents didn't buy us back to school stuff. My grandparents had to do it. And just little notes I'd make to myself was like, I will never not be able to buy my kid a pair of shoes or go back to school. Like that seems like a basic expense to me at the time it did. And of course, especially I was a fashionista. So it had high priority to me, but um, for me, the word secure, like when I first let go of my job, it was all about feeling secure. And that's Mm -hmm. still something that I struggle with. Um, And to me, that's the word (laughs) that is associated with money. So if that's your go-to word, what's like one hot thing? What's one thing I can do today? (laughs) One thing you can do today, because I just piggybacking off of what you said, I don't, no one ever forgets going without electricity for a while. I experienced that despite at the surface, we lived, you look at our house and as a kid, it's like, wow, they're, they're, they're killing it. There goes my dog barking. Hopefully that doesn't pick up, but <laughs> wow, they're killing it. Look at their cars. Look at the home. Yeah. We went without electricity a lot. Um, it was embarrassing. Um, also bills were paid late. So no one forgets those moments or those moments of being told you have to wait. Mm-hmm. Um, when you see everyone else living a normal, pretty much normal life, like normal is relative, but no one forgets that. So the one thing um, in terms of feeling secure was like, cause I was like, I'm not going to go through that again. And I, and the kids that I will eventually have, I don't want them to go through that. I want them to learn. I tell people, especially when a lot of them will have fat bank accounts, but no savings. This is where you practice being an overflow. Okay. Take, this is also taking care of yourself first. I love the 1% rule. Okay. Start with one. Find your last, whether it's paycheck or deposit, interest payment, whatever it is. Multiply that entire amount by 0.01, 1. 1%. Okay. The resulting amount move to a savings account. Okay. And then going forward, anytime a deposit hits your account, um, it's a little easier for service-based businesses. If you're, if you're selling products and you have deposits all the time, um, you can have it more scheduled, but anytime a deposit hits your account, multiply it by that 0.01 and move it to a savings. And you're building the habit of saving money. You do that first before you pay bills, you take care of you first. And 1% is a tiny amount because often the concern, and that's why when I mentioned fat bank accounts, the one fat bank account, there's that fear of like, but I don't have enough money to save. And it's like, no, we're going to practice. You need to practice being an overflow, practice putting yourself first, remove that fear. So it's all a practice. So every time you get paid, move 1%, start with one, move 1% before you do anything else. And then you're taking care of you. And then as you get more comfortable, increase the percentage. I love that. Um, when you had said, I have a fat bank account, but I don't have a savings. And I was like, please tell me the difference. <laughs> but I love what you said about, and I've heard this before. And this is, again, it's like, you have to rehear things so many times before they click sometimes is that is before I pay my bills, I need to 
gives to myself first. Okay. So I'm going to go on record the next client, whoever that client is, if you're listening client, I am going to do that because it is easier for me because it is service-based. So I know exactly when those deposits go in. So that's my premise to you. Okay. I would do that for myself. I love that. And um, I don't know why I just never, oh, I do have a savings account from my corporate job. I had it set up so it automatically went in it. So I didn't even see it. That was my trick. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that was my magic trick <laughs> was that a certain amount of money was just constantly going in and it was actually a different bank. So I didn't even see it on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. um, but I feel like I'm a little bit back at starting, you know, rebuilding the business and things like that, that I want to set different rules with that kind of spiritual based intention setting, um, high energy. How do I want this business to feel and run financially? So that's why I love this conversation. And that's why I was like, whatever you do, don't lose the name mindful bookkeeper because <laughs> I love that so much because I think I'm like your target market, right? So like heading into running a new business and, I, that's one of the first things I told my husband. And I think this is something else I'd like to talk to you about here on the podcast is we have an accountant. Um, we got one a couple of years ago. Um, my company is publicly traded. So I stack up options. And that's when I was like out of my league. <laughs> Again, I'm officially out of my league. Um, and I told him when I started my business, I, I said, I want a female accountant that understands what it's like to be another woman running a business with money because I don't think women have a healthy enough relationship with money. <laughs> now it's your facial <laughs> expressions. And I was like, look, I love our CPA. He's great. We don't, I, he was through our, one of our financial guys, which I like him too. Again, but the key word here, as I've said, is one guy gave me another guy and being a small business owner, a female, I was like, the, these men are great. I'm not trying to like say that, that they're not, but there's just something there. And the alarms going off to me is that there's not enough women doing it. And why can't I find a woman who's doing this? And why is it taking so much effort to like get that or whatever that looks like? And I just started to really see money different. And then the relationship that women have with money. And I told you a little bit about mine. My relationship is I was controlling all the money in our house and I was um, at the time when I was um, in corporate, the breadwinner, and then I had to, I could now, it's hard for me to let my husband support me, which is like so stupid, right? Because that's what most women are like, oh my God, I just wish somebody would help me. So it's like, you're on one side or the other. And both of them, if you're doing one thing too much, it's not, and it's out of balance, right? So it's never good to go all one way or the other way. I think there's this really happy medium. And I just think it's really powerful for women to know where their money is. And I know I'm like on a tangent now and maybe I'm steamrolling the interview. <laughs> Chi Chi. We were That's just rolling. <laughs> side, <laughs> note. <laughs> side note family. So her and I were in a um, interview, like Oprah masterclass. And my new thing that I'm like stuck up on is, am I steamrolling the conversation or am I being Oprah right now? Cause I really just want to be Oprah. <laughs> But this is just such a hot topic. And I just like, oh, so let's talk about that. How can we, so maybe it's as simple. And I think, I, I don't think, I know this is something that you're really passionate about. I think for women, if they're looking for that one big thing to do, maybe this is a good segue into tracking your money, but 
doing it neutrally, right? Like let's take away the positive or the negative and just make it like a task that we do. Can you talk us through that? How do you start that? And what's your, what's the mindful bookkeepers philosophy on this? I just threw so much at you. Go. (laughs) I'm the worst podcast host ever. (laughs) (laughs) And that's why this episode will be great. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So the difference is excited. I went, y'all didn't see my facial expression, but like the difference between women and a stereotypical man, this is stereotype, right? Yes. Women, we, we're more in tune with our emotions, but by the way, men are, they just haven't been able to be until recently. So I love that. So with that said, what is now beginning to be honored especially thank you, Megan Markle, speaking of the Oprah interview with Megan, mental, mental health, right? Our emotions are needed. Our emotions are actually a gift. Mm-hmm. And we've been told so long, maybe not the millennials. I think millennials are like, uh-uh, we're not, we're not doing this anymore. Um, but I'll say from my generation of beyond <laughs> 40 and older club over here. Yeah. <laughs> I've been told stuff your emotions at the door, you know, <laughs> leave your emotions out of a decision. And honestly, that's impossible. Yeah. All our decisions are emotional decisions. Um, that's scientifically proven, actually. We can't make a decision without using our emotions. So um, tracking finances brings up a lot of emotions. Why? It's actually we learned learned those emotions along the way because we talked about parent learning from parents or a parental figure we learned how to respond and react by tracking our our finance rather not tracking avoiding it like the plague Mm -hmm. so the one thing i i want to honor or say is when you bravely begin that process and i mean like remembering your bank passwords because we do these little little things to to hide so we will have if we have a macbook i have a macbook we will have Apple remember our passwords so we don't know what it is. I'm going to ask you all to remember your bank passwords. You need to. That Can we just pause right <laughs> there for a minute? That's so powerful. I never thought about just avoiding knowing your password because it's not that you don't. It's because it's saved on your computer and it always asks you, like, do you want to save it? Or it's your face ID. Mm-hmm. That's so powerful. That's so powerful. Thank you for that. At the surface, it's efficient. Underneath, you hide. So um, let's stop. Take off the mask. Let's remember our bank password so we have easy access to our money. That's the key. We're stopping ourselves from accessing our money. So we want easy access. Okay, interview's over. That was the best (laughs) thing you've said. Because what if I'm not at my MacBook? What if I'm not on my phone? What if something's happened and I'm my parents house and there's an emergency whatever i'm making it up maybe i'm in a different country there's an emergency now i don't even know how to access my own money because i haven't taken the five seconds to remember my password and i've just handed my power over to somebody else Mm -hmm. god i love you girl (laughs) god i love you first you had me on style now you got me remembering my passwords this is good sorry if i'm derailing you this is just so good no no um thank you by the way um you mentioned automation. So I'm actually going to speak of that when you said your savings was being automatically, mm-hmm. there's automatic deposits. Oh man. Woo. This is what I see all the time. This <laughs> is another form of hiding. So 
we like to know that we're doing something like, oh, the money has deposited into my savings. But because we're not making sure it's being deposited properly, the deposits are not happening. The, the other account's being overdrawn, so the money goes back into the account, mm. and that savings account doesn't ever grow. Got it. We want to use automation to our advantage to make things easier. So, but we still have to check. It's like it's like anything else. It's our money. We need to make sure it's being done. So please don't use automation to hide. I love so, that. I love that. That's part of tracking. Tracking your finances is also um, making sure that the things that you're asking to help you to support you in this journey, you're actually being supported. So that's tra- tracking is that verification. Tracking your money is applying that faith that you can be good with money, that more money is coming your way. So you're applying, it's the energy behind it. So, um, and I actually realize I'm not answering the question properly because what do we do to mm-hmm. the fears, right? So honor the emotions that are coming up. Don't stuff them down because this is, <laughs> this is an opportunity now. This is the spiritual aspect. Let the emotions come up and understand what's behind those emotions. Like, why am I afraid? Or why am I anxious? Why am I stressed? And there is going to be a little bit of feel the fear and, and do it anyway. But I think it's also important to really take stock of like, what's the message that's coming through when your emotions are coming up? It's like, okay, what needs to be looked at? And then finally, you start looking at your money. You remember your bank passwords, you're tra- making sure automation is helping you. And this is what happens all the time. Most people are like, oh, I have more money than I thought. (laughs) So that's like a nice reward, right? That's rewarding in itself. But then give yourself a chance to also like look through each transaction. I'm kind of feeling like I'm throwing a lot at here. Maybe the first step for for automation is remember your bank password. Then next step, once you log in, look at the bank balance. And then that's it. Go about your business. Maybe the next day or the day after bank password, bank balance, look at the first five transactions. Okay, walk away. Then bank balance, bank pass, bank password, look at the, now it's 10 transactions. So build into it while also honoring the emotions that are coming up. And the idea is to, it's, it's to feel good. It's like to practice this faith that you have, that you are capable of handling money. And while you're doing all this, Style, please. If you want to show up. <laughs> Make sure you look good. Me, that's right. Make sure you look good. Do it for you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and you'd be amazed at how these little bits start to snowball. And you start to read the information finally because your money is you. And you want to be able to look at the information and understand what's going on. Not just, oh my God, I can't believe I spent money on that. That's not, no, no, no. You don't need to punish yourself. You were taught to do that. Here's a new lesson. I get to spend money on that. I get to spend money on that. And if you don't like where your money is going, you have the power to change it. You get to redirect the flow. That's so good. I need another piece of paper because my notes are taken over. Oh my God. If you don't like where you're spending your money, you have the power to change it. That is so good. I love, and I, I'm a real big all or nothing person. That's just, do you know your Enneagram type? I don't. I'm learning a lot from you today. <laughs> I know. That's your next assignment. Okay. <laughs> that's your challenge. Um, I just kind of d- dug into mine. I love personality stuff and things like that. And I, it just helps me. If I have a fun way 
to like attach my awareness to something else. It's just a fun way for me to like, well, what's the word? Like, you know, rise out of the emotion a little bit and see it for what it is and not be so stuck in it um, and experience it in a different way. Like that's how I've been processing but I'm so all or nothing. So like hearing you say, just, okay, know your password and then look at the balance and then look at the five transactions and like, just, oh, that's right. It doesn't have to be all or nothing. I don't have to have a budget Google master spreadsheet with pivot tables. I can literally just have a date, have a first date, have a second date, have a third date with my money. It doesn't have to be a marriage with kids right out the <laughs> gate. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. I'm an all or nothing person too. I have to put that in check. Like daily. <laughs> oh my God. I go on walks as I, as I share sometimes on Instagram and I'm just like, I don't just walk a mile. I just have to do 10. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, not- it's like, we don't have to do that. G. We, we don't, we could just, we could do one or two. But for some reason, I'm like, no, let's keep going. Because I actually get curious when I start walking. I'm like, oh, I haven't seen this. I haven't seen that. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, oh, I'm tired, but I do have to get back. <laughs> I could take an Uber. <laughs> and you live in Chicago, so there's so much to see. Yeah, yeah. So much good to see. But maybe you're a type three. I'm a type three. So that's like the achiever, the like always going after the goal. It, it's that big all or nothing. And a lot of your, which is another big part of my shadow is a lot of my worth was based on how much I produce. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was a big of my ego. And that's a big part of the money stuff, right? I put so much of my worth and how much money I made, even though I was dead inside. So that's why I think money is such a big, important piece, but I love what you said, like it's you. And if you don't like where it's going, then you get to change it. And that's so, 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 so powerful. So I have a couple more questions for you because we've talked about so much stuff. Um, so I've been dating my money for a while and I'm ready to love on my money. So if I'm ready to love on my money and I'm in a healthy place with my money, how often, when you say like track your finances, and this is such a selfish question, <laughs> how often should I be checking my money? Should I be checking like say I'm in a healthy space. Should I be checking my money daily? My bank accounts daily? Should I be checking them weekly? Should you check them when you get paid? Like what's a, a really solid, and I just want to use the word love, a really solid way to love your money as far as this relationship with tracking your finances? I'm going to give like the worst answer. Maybe it's not the worst answer. It's whatever is comfortable, but I, I will say, but just because the bank statements are available monthly, don't go longer than a month. You can help it. Um, So I know when I start to reconnect with my money, I was doing it um, daily just because I never looked at my money um, when I was working in corporate. I just never did because um, speaking of, and actually we didn't talk about that. Sometimes you're, what what was the Jim Rohn quote? You're you're the sum of the, the the average of the five people you surround yourself with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, my five people were like, cause I didn't mention why I thought I was broke. Um, I earned a very good salary in my corporate career. I earned, I, I went from earning, I earned anywhere from 80,000 to 110 and being single, not owning any assets. Um, that's a lot of money, right? Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's unfortunate that I 
didn't see a dime of it. I wish I could tell you I lived in Park Avenue in New York City. I did not. <laughs> my, my living conditions were qu- were questionable. But, <laughs> but your outfits weren't, though. <laughs> my outfits were on point. There you go. <laughs> exactly. Um, the reason why I had a very broke mindset was because I had two things. I had people, sometimes your friends, you have to listen to the language. I had people telling me that I wasn't making enough money. Mm. So the average U.S. family is what, $40,000, $45,000 per year. Family of four. It's disgusting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Single girl 80, making 80 to 110 thought she was broke. So this is the manifestation aspect of it. My beliefs became my reality. And, and that was how I lived. I didn't bother to check my, to track my finances or look at anything because I thought I was broke. I was so focused on trying to increase my income. And then, yeah, listening to other people say, oh, you have a master's degree and you have an MBA. You should be making this. And I wasn't. So I felt like a failure. That's just a really terrible way to, to live. And then eventually caught up with me at 35 couldn't get it I went from easily getting a job to the the economy change or I'd like to say the universe called not kick me out but kick me in there you go (laughs) I love that yeah yeah it sounds better doesn't it it does (laughs) the universe called me in and said you're on a different path now you need you've been thinking about getting off this path you don't seem to listen, girl. So we're going to pull you out and put you somewhere else. I've been there before. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love, so this is a word I've kind of purposely avoided as we've been talking, is you said manifesting, right? So you talked about manifesting, but before we wrap it up, every tip you've shared was essentially that it was ways to manifest more money, like do the things that feel good, tap into the feelings, think about your emotions, ask the deeper questions, because that's what I want people to really understand is that it, it, there, it's the connection, it's the energy and you are always manifesting. So if you're not tapping into those emotions, those emotions are going somewhere, right? They're attracting something. So I think that's really awesome that you said that because God, I have so many more questions as far as like, manifesting money and things like that but you gave some really really good advice and I love some of your really practical tips and it's like this perfect mix between the practical tips and the like tap into your emotion now I feel like I'm bringing a journal with me next time I go look at my money and I think there might be some things there and so track it as much as you want I agree right now I'm checking in about weekly um So um, a couple more questions for you. One thing is, as you're tracking your money, if you start to notice, um, so tell me, like, I know you do this. You track your money because then you start to lean in about, you said this about like your money is you. And I really like what you said about you can change it. But also I think there's a story you can start to paint there, a positive one, or maybe you can start to see things about yourself or build a level of awareness that you just didn't even realize. So like, I know you say like you track your money and you try to look, it's like, oh, I've been spending a lot of money on this lately. What does that kind of say about where I'm at? Um, is that something that you do regularly? Is that new for you? Do you teach your um, clients to do that as well? I, 
I inspire, I have a story about this um, because as I work, this ends up being more longer term, the more, the longer I work with someone and we start to peel off the, the barriers and they start to see like, oh, there's a story here. Then the longer term clients will start to see like, oh, from this month to this month, I was going through something. Mm-hmm. And that's why I was spending money on that or not, or earning something or because I, I shifted here and hired this coach or fired this coach or worked on my nutrition. Okay. This is the big picture effect. That's what we ultimately want for me personally. Um, last year, I know pandemic, everyone's going through something, but part of my evolution, um, I played around with hair. <laughs> I love this. And, um, I could never, I had to be very conservative in, in corporate. I think many of us had to. And, um, and that's actually changing. It's pretty wild to watch the news and be like, oh, wow, she's wearing, her hair is pink or she's wearing braids. It's like, it's pretty cool now to see that. Yeah. That's only recent. <laughs> yeah. So, Miss that boat. <laughs> <laughs> so I realized I was still behaving like I was working in AIG or PricewaterhouseCoopers, wherever I once worked. And so I said, let me try braids. And I, it was the hardest thing for me to do. But I also realized I was looking at where I spent my money and everything for me is at, a lot of things at Amazon. So I'm like, well, my Amazon purchases went up. And I started to, this one time when I was tracking my finances, I believe this was July. Yes, July of last year, 2020. And I almost started to do that whole, mm, we got we to gotta plug that money leak, frivolous expense. Like these things still come up for me too. But then there was something else. And I think that this is the practice of, of listening to your intuition. There's something that said, this purchase isn't exactly wrong. Let's see where this goes. And so I, I just said, let's just keep an eye on it. Um, so that was July, August, September, October. And I took a look big picture at my finances. So throughout the, those four, four months, am I doing math right? Those months, I am an accountant, yes. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> it's hard when you're on air. You're like, okay, I can't think. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> but I took a look at those months. And yes, I spent more money at what would now I'm hearing is deemed a frivolous expense, spending money on Amazon. But the incredible thing about that time period, I made a lot more money. Mm. there was a strong correlation and I realized that I was giving myself an opportunity to evolve myself and and taking off layers and so this is the bigger one of the many lessons is that it's okay to experiment and see this is part of understanding what it is that you want give yourself an opportunity to figure that out and you might spend some more money in some places but it's the, the uncanny thing is is now the universe now I'm sounding spiritual. The universe is actually supporting this because you're not doing it for someone else. You're doing it for you. So that's, that's where I start to work the longer term clients because it takes time to get there. Initially, it's like, oh, I'm scared. I don't have any money and that's okay. But now it's like the layers of fear, the barriers come off and they start to look at their finances and really their life it might not be their finances, but their life in a more holistic manner. And they recognize because they're also tracking whether it's by journal or literally money. They're like, okay, this is what's going on. I went through this. I went through that. And it's pretty cool. cool. I think that's really cool. And that's kind of why I wanted to ask the question is 
because people listening it could be at any part of this journey for them and maybe they've mastered like maybe someone out there has their password remembered <laughs> and they need something more or something bigger and I just love the way that you look at it like I loved your approach to money but now I'm like I think I've just found an accountant who loves style I think I manifested you <laughs> I think we manifested each other. Nothing's ever an accident. <laughs> I was like, um, the more she talks, just the more I love her. <laughs> but I love that. And I mean, and you even said hair, which is style, and it gained you more um, business opportunities. So I'm like, keep talking. Keep talking, Chi. You are like totally selling this for me. <laughs> <laughs> this is so good. So you've dropped so many gems. Like people are going to have to listen to this like two or three times and take some notes. But before I let you off the hook, I have one more question for you. And I know you and I have talked about this um, in chats and other places. I'm a huge, huge, huge um, avid fan of reading. I think reading is like a first step to any real change that you want in your life. I think it's inaccessible. It's an inexpensive way to jump in. If you don't feel like you're ready to hire a mentor or a coach or outside help, I think reading is a really great place to start and maintain. Like for me, I read every single morning, no, every single day, but every single morning, multiple times a day. Um, for the record, I read fiction and nonfiction. Like I like to read fun stuff too. And I'd like to talk about that a little bit more, but I want to know from you, what are your top three books, either books you're loving um, right now or money books. It doesn't have to just be money books. You can give us one money book and two other books, whatever feels good to you. But like, what are like the top three books that like you would recommend to anyone? Like there's a woman listening to this podcast right now and she feels a little lost and she's hanging on by thread. And like, what are your top three recommendations? Oh, wow. Um, number one. So, okay. This is more like practical skill, but this is also underneath the very much manifesting book profit first by mike michalowicz was a game changer for me perfect and um i have to credit the paying yourself first sp the specific step to that book so okay. profit first is number one i love that i number still haven't read it <laughs> <laughs> on the list on the list <laughs> Oh, I have so many books. Um, so for me, Get Rich, Lucky Bitch by oh, Denise Duffield Thomas. So no. good. I can vouch for that one. That was a game changer for me. And it's an easy read, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. Highly recommend that one. Yes. Good. I love that book. And next, last but not least, hit last us. Not least. Oh, there's another one I want to mention. Okay, I'm on Habits right now. So there was a book called Atomic Habits by James Clear. Um, very, very good for helping you apply things in very little steps. So um, not has nothing to do with money, even though money is, is mentioned in that book. But I also very much recommend that one for anyone that wants to make any kind of change in their life. All right. I haven't read that one either. That one I actually um, bought on... The, what's the audio thing? Kindle or what is it? Kindle or, well, there's many actually. Yeah. It was back when I was commuting and I just, I never ended up listening to it. I must've got it right before the um, pandemic hit. So that one's on my list too. 
Well, thank you, lady. Thank you for your time. Thank you for all those gems. Thank you for your book recommendations. I love books. I think there's so much power in books. Um, and I, I believe like you touched on this earlier, that language is really powerful. Um, so I believe reading is just such an amazing way to tap into that. So any last gems before I let you go, other than letting everyone know where they can follow you or find you? I'm going to mention a bonus book. <laughs> yeah, I say or more books. It doesn't have to be three. I Just because for me being in my 40s, um, I think for anyone that's like, I hate to throw out the ages and for any, but just to let people know, it doesn't matter what age you are. You can always change your life. I love You Are a Badass Making Money with Jen Sincero. Um, she didn't hit her stride until she, until she was very much in her 40s. She was living in a garage. Just to let you all know. <laughs> That's a good book. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking then, of... Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no. Go right ahead. Go right ahead. I was going to say, speaking of books and speaking of hitting your stride in your 40s, Think and Grow Rich, I just finished that yesterday morning. And they were saying usually 40s to 50s is where people really, really take off because you've learn how to tap into different energies and one of them is just not caring what other people think <laughs> so i feel you yep. all right lady you're amazing where can everybody find you everyone wants to work with the mindful bookkeeper now where can they find you and what are you, what are you up to these days well, I hang out a bit on Instagram and my IG handle is mindfully Chiyama. And then I'll slide some of that content into my Facebook business page, also called mindfully Chiyama. And then my website is called the mindful bookkeeper. And um, yeah, my big thing is we all have a right to prosper. So please, please, please know that. Prosperity is a birthright. Mm, so good. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you. I had fun. Good. Right. That's my goal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, can I actually ask one more thing of you? Of course. You mentioned that you had a spiritual a verification of a spiritual animal that's checking in on you. By any chance, is that animal, has the animal been circling around during yes. our conversation? Yes. So I have some hawks that fly outside of, I have two windows in my closet where I record, I face the windows and uh, there's hawks that flying in. Yes. I've been seeing them fly the whole time we've been talking. That's awesome. Yes. That's how you know it's meant to be. That's right. <laughs> That's so good. I'm glad you asked it. Thank you for bringing it back around. That's a perfect way <laughs> to wrap up this conversation. Thank you. Thank you.